Hey, spooky people, Megan here. Before we get to today's episode, I want to ask you for a favor. Like many podcasts, we are an independent production and are working hard to grow our audience. If you're enjoying the show, you can help us by taking a few seconds of your time to hit that subscribe or follow button and by leaving us a rating, or if you're feeling really fancy, a review. As always, thanks for listening, and now on to the episode. Uh, I can talk about that if you want. <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, okay. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I was actually, when, when Ghost Hunters was there, uh, uh-huh. I was actually there that day. Uh, no, I was you part. Were not. I I was. I swear. I was. I was <laughs> yes. actually part of a. I had my own ghost hunting team at the time. This is the best. So, this is the I most famous I will ever be. <laughs> oh my God. It's like one degree of separation from ghost hunters. <laughs> I'm Paige, and I'm Megan, and this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, I'm Paige. And I'm Megan, and you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. In this episode, we're doing something a little different. We're going to discuss the credibility of some of the most well-documented and believed haunted locations. And to help us with that, we've got a special guest that we're very excited about, Kenny Biddle. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit and tell our listeners about your interests and credentials? My interest and credentials. Wow, I have none. I know that sounds very official. (laughs) It is official. Formal. I'm not used to this stuff. Oh, sorry. Uh, So, basically, all right. So, uh, my name is Kenny Biddle, um, and I have a my my background is not in sciences, but it's in more. blue collar work. I, I do a lot of automotive and aerospace work where I, I, I build machines and fix machines. That's basically my background. But I also write a column for Skeptical Inquirer magazine uh, where I deal with paranormal claims, whether it's it, it's mostly like ghosts and hauntings, but I also deal with UFOs and Bigfoot and religious mysteries and stuff like that. I've been running a blog that promotes science and critical thinking for I way too long. Like <laughs> way, way too long. Um, we're like we're coming up on almost like fifteen years, maybe now. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So I've been doing it for a while. I go out to different events. I do a lot of stuff. I really get involved with the the community, the paranormal community at large, as, as usually as as a token skeptic um, who <laughs> drinks a lot. So <laughs> what's that tell you? <laughs> there you go. But we have fun. So I, yeah. I, I, I can offer some insight into a few things. So yeah, yeah, we're we're really excited. And I'm I'm fairly certain that like since episode one, even we've had stuff from you that we pulled from Skeptical Inquirer. Do you remember, Ooh. Paige? Yeah, I think it was back in episode one. Yeah, wow. there's been That's a lot. Awesome. I appreciate <laughs> that. We I really do. <laughs> yeah, no, we love it. And so we were super excited when... Uh, you found the podcast and commented, and it was like, oh my gosh, we're living. We've the been fangirling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been fanboying, so <laughs> it's all it's all good. I, I was told yeah. a friend of mine actually sent me a message and said, "Hey, you know what? You want to take a listen to this? They're, they're, they they said your name, and I was like, oh, 
Well, all right. You know, most <laughs> when when that happens, honestly, most of the time it's like somebody hates me <laughs> because <laughs> I debunked their favorite ghost story or something, and they just mm-hmm. bitch about me. And I was like, all right, let let me listen and see what's going on. And I was like, wow, this is really fun. I, I really enjoyed the podcast. So, and I, I was hooked. I was hooked from day one. So, <laughs> oh, love well, it. Love yeah. It. We're happy. We're happy you're here. Um, okay. But before we get to today's topic, we briefly wanted to remind our listeners to send us your spooky stories for a special listener stories episode that will be released for Halloween. We're looking for stories of scary experiences you had that ended up having an ordinary explanation or that you'd like for us to try and debunk. If you have one, Please email us at SpookyScienceSisters at gmail.com or contact us on one of our social media accounts. And with that, it's time for something spooky. So, Megan, did anything happen to you the last couple of weeks that was spooky? Okay. <laughs> so, I'm very excited. So, Kenny, I think I warned you that this is something that we do yes. every episode, that we do um, something spooky. So, if something weird happened to us in the last couple of weeks and... Really? This is what you do at the beginning of the show? I, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an Uber fan. <laughs> Sorry. I've listened to every show like at least three times. All right, all right. Um, but <laughs> okay, if you've been listening, you've heard about Numi, who is Paige and my husband Steven's imaginary friend um, from when they were kids. And we had a get together with my in laws and. Obviously, my husband, Steve, and Paige was there as well. And I brought up Numi while we were (laughs) sitting around the campfire (laughs) one night. And my mother-in-law, and she sort of got like very somber when she said this. She said, oh, Numi was part of our lives for a long time. (laughs) Megan and I were both like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is terrifying. Um, Yes. So... For listeners, we have some new details on Numi. So according to her, my husband Steve said that Numi was 35 years old and lived in their basement. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he would talk to him up until about the age that he was in kindergarten and then he faded away. And then I think it was after they moved to their new house that Paige, you started talking about Numi? Correct. Okay. Well, yes. So totally terrifying. And so I got it into my head. This is a very long something spooky. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I got it into my head to do what any obviously sane person would do. And I got my hands on the property transfer records (laughs) for (laughs) the house that they lived in when Numi first showed up because I was like, I'm going to find out. (laughs) Like anybody died in that house when they were 35. So, yeah. Uh, And Paige, what year were you born again? 1992. 92. Okay. Because they lived in that house until 1995. And then so you would have had Numi show up while you were still there. I don't know. Oh, weird. My parents always told me that we moved when I was like one or two. So... Okay. Maybe well, the, maybe she's not clear on when I started talking to Numi either. It's, it's it, who knows. <laughs> At some point in this disaster, I started talking to Numi. <laughs> yeah. So either way, um, here here are the things that I've learned so far. 
<laughs> so this was um, that the house was built in 1919. So it's getting pretty old and transferred to ownership a few times. So in 1940, 1970, 74, 76, 79. And then in 1988 is when Paige's parents bought it. And like I said, they moved in circa 1995. So it's, a, yeah, I mean, I went down a real rabbit hole here and I'm, I'm unclear that I need to share all of it. <laughs> oh no, share I, everything. <laughs> I want to know it all. <laughs> so I couldn't necessarily, so a couple, a couple loose threads that I have. So first, I'm not positive who the original owners of the house are. Um, all I could find was that it transferred to someone named Laura Kiefer in 1940. Um, and that transfer re- referenced her dad, William Hotchkiss. So I was like, oh, well, is he the original owner? And so then I was like, well, I'll just go on family search and look up their family's genealogy. <laughs> Stalker. <laughs> so I know. So I found her and I found her dad and her mom. Um, and it looks like potentially the house was related to her mother's family. And this was actually mr william hotchkiss's second wife it seems like his first wife died in childbirth um this this was a rabbit hole you guys um (laughs) (laughs) but he married a second wife in ohio she had family in the sylvania area and yeah i think that's where laura gets involved and then eventually gets the house purchases the house i don't know or maybe he there was something about like a a life estate transfer or something so it's like he had to die before she could officially take ownership of the house it's unclear um anyway so she lives in the house she has her first kid the only person that i could find between then when she purchased the house in 1940 and then today who died while they owned the house is laura's husband marcus died in 1960 when he was 63. So basically what I've learned is that nothing related to the number 35. <laughs> that <laughs> was a long road. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That was a- <laughs> I'm going to have to trim that down. But nothing related to 35. So sorry. But it... um. Yeah. And I have no idea if he died in the house because it's, you know, unsurprisingly sort of hard to find records of exactly what happened to somebody in 1960. So, so yeah. So that's it, Paige. Somebody possibly died while they were the owner of the house. It may have happened in the house, but they were not 35. (laughs) So, so my dad may have been 35 when they moved from the house. Yeah, well, like, what does that mean? I don't know. Nothing, but that's <laughs> absolutely <35. nothing. laughs> That's just a coincidence, Paige. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> no, no, it means it's the devil's mark. It's totally, it totally means that it's haunted. Mm-hmm. That, done. That's done. Yeah. You're done. You're, we don't even, you're yeah. we don't even record the rest of this episode. Nope. No, no, nope. we don't. That's it. Your but... house is the most haunted mm-hmm. house ever. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So Paige, did anything spooky happen to you in the last two weeks? So I was feeling kind of sad because nothing had happened. You know, I like to tell <laughs> I like to tell a story every week. Um, and then last night I was brushing my teeth. And you know those movies where they like look in the mirror and I don't know, oh, no. something's going on with their eyes or something weird is happening to their face. And then they look away when they look back, everything's normal. That happened to me last night. Uh, what? <laughs> 100% I'm like just in my own head and something must have freaked me out. But I'm brushing my teeth and I like go to spit and it looks like like I thought I had cut my mouth really bad or like brushed my gums too hard because I thought there was like a bunch of blood in my mouth. What the but hell, then Paige? I spit and there was no blood. <laughs> what the hell? And then I checked in the mirror and still no blood. So what I don't know what base do you use? Uh, it's called Hello. Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to use that ever. <laughs> uh, and it's it's a white toothpaste. Okay. So I don't <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I don't really know if it was really anything spooky. It was just me playing mind tricks on myself. Or if but you're just like slowly losing your mind and hallucinating now. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Um, but that's Not all. <laughs> so I got to go to bed with that image in my head last night. That was pretty fun for me. Great. That is like a common, um, speaking of recurring nightmares, I've like frequently had nightmares about like pulling large things like out of my skin or out of my face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're very freaky. <laughs> And I'm talking like pulling like a light out of my face, like metal <laughs> things. And I looked it up once and it like it meant it was like it meant something specific that you were like worried about something specific, but I can't remember what it was. But yeah, they were really weird dreams. <laughs> this is why I listen to you. <laughs> I, I have no idea what what is going to come out of your mouth <laughs> like from one minute to another. It's like all of a sudden like we're pulling stuff out of our skin. This is great. Yes. <laughs> love it. I, love I it. thought you were saying you listen to us because it makes you feel a little more normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm right there with you. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Kenny, has anything spooky happened to you in the last couple of weeks or just uh, recently? So, uh, so, one thing, it, it's, it's spooky and it's kind of like a, a fascinating uh, experience for me. Because I, I deal with like hauntings and ghosts and, and investigations like that all the time. So uh, one of the projects I'm working on, on is a, a museum. I'm opening a museum that's pretty much like a, a oddities museum with a skeptical twist. Uh, because I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in with the mystery and then slapping the face with some science when you're there. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's <laughs> that's the way I'm I'm trying to go about it. So I've been. In this place, uh, it, it's inside of a warehouse, like a very old warehouse, um, early 1900s. It's got a reputation for being haunted already uh, for the people that own it. They grew up there. They actually lived there for some time, and they used to hear things and all kinds of stories that came out of this place. So 
as I'm working, I've been going there every every morning, almost every morning. And on, on the weekends, when I, I don't have anything planned, I've been going there and I'm pretty much there by myself. I'm in this big, huge warehouse. No one's there. I'm in one part of it setting up stuff. And as I'm working on some of the displays, I'm standing at this display cabinet and I'm writing stuff down and I'm looking at stuff. And and mind you, the display cabinet cabinet that I'm working at is all allegedly haunted stuff, uh, <laughs> haunted slash cursed items that people have given me over the years. So That's awesome. <laughs> I'm working on it and it's very quiet. Um, well, except for the radio, I do have a radio on. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you get that, you feel kind of like that feeling, that pressure where, you know, somebody walked into the room. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I, I feel that. And I'm in this big room. Like this room is, it's big. It's, it's really big. It's not like just a living room, a regular living room or, or something like that. It's a big, huge room. And it, it actually made me stop and turn around looking around. I'm like, all right, that, that was, that was kind of weird. You know, I've been here for a couple hours. Didn't feel anything. You know, I'm not, I don't get spooked by anything. Cause you know, I'm a big diehard token skeptic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I brushed it off and maybe 20 minutes later, felt it again and it, it actually felt more like it almost felt like somebody had actually walked up behind me and I turned around again nothing there and I actually put down my stuff and walked around um, the other uh, areas of the because uh, I'm on a third floor of this warehouse and I walked around the entire third floor I walked around the second floor and then I went down and walked around the third or the first floor just to make sure nobody was there <clears throat> um, but n- didn't find anything and I mean, it's, it was kind of spooky, but it's also an experience that I hear ghost hunters tell me all the time. And yeah. it was a really cool to experience myself. And I mean, right now I'm attributing it to, uh, I'm still not used to the place yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it isn't in like a urban neighborhood. So there are people around like all sides of, of the warehouse, um, but I didn't know maybe a pressure differential, maybe a temperature change or something like that. I don't know. I didn't really look into it because I, I had work to do. And I was like, all right, you know, I talked to myself. So I'm like, hey, anybody here, you know, back <laughs> off. I got work to do. <laughs> you know, if you want to haunt me, do it later. <laughs> but I need like two hours and then you can start your shit. So, yeah, <laughs> but that wow. was it. It didn't happen again. And, and yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a ghost. Uh, I don't want people jumping around like, oh, the skeptic said he was haunted. He had a ghost. <laughs> no, no. I just had a weird feeling that I couldn't explain, which is not uncommon. And uh, yeah. But that was my spooky thing that happened to me. That yeah. is spooky. That is really spooky. Um, I've heard, which, yeah, maybe you'll be more familiar with, but I have heard that people will get like weird, creeped out feelings from um like high electromagnetic fields it's like bad wiring and stuff even is there any legitimacy to that so there it's yes and no um Mm -hmm. the the amount of of uh, so most of this (laughs) there's i'm I'm not i'm not like oh great i gotta get into this no um i'm i'm I'm, i made that noise because there's so much information that goes along with that yeah (laughs) and i'm sure you've been there before yeah, <laughs> it, it's more or less um, most of the most of the stories or that that kind of rumor um, or tribal knowledge, if you will, comes from uh, the test that Persinger, Dr. Persinger, uh, Michael Persinger did with his God helmet. 
um, where it, it, <laughs> it came out with these uh, these ideas that like, oh, electromagnetic fields, if they're too close to your brain, they're going to make you hallucinate. Oh. And, and that's not, it, it's part of it. That's like a very, very general and, and uh, embellished uh, version of what really happened. Uh, because you needed, you actually needed a helmet and specific frequencies that rotated around specific parts of your brain. I mean, it, it, it was a whole process. Got it. okay. It's not like if you're just, you know, if you sleeping on the couch and your head's next to an, a wall outlet, you're going to start <laughs> seeing things. Yeah, that's not yeah. how it works. It's uh, so like the because, chances of it happening, right? Like just, um, I don't know what the word I'm thinking of is, but just happening on its own would be incredibly rare. Yeah. Yeah. Or if not uh, impossible. You'd be surprised. I mean, when, when when you're talking about electromagnetic fields, if you actually carried around, like I, uh, one day I actually carried around a trifuel meter, which measures the electromagnetic field in all three axes, not the, not like the, the cheap versions that you see on ghost hunter shows <laughs> that don't do shit. Um, yep. But I carried a good one around with me all day during a normal work day as I walk, and I work in a hospital. So I, I did that. I did my morning routine. I went to work. I came home, carried around the whole day. And you'd be surprised the, the high levels of electromagnetic fields that you walk through. Um, sure. They're all over the place. Um, and, and, and I mean, if you really want to get down to it, uh, visible light is part of the electromagnetic f- spectrum. So yep. just light bouncing off you. Guess what? Boom. <laughs> You're in a field. <laughs> You're getting a little yeah. bit. So, yeah. um, but no, I've never actually come across anyone that, uh, suffered from hallucinations or any kind of like that just because they were like sleeping next to an alarm clock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've had people claim that, <laughs> but no, 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 that hasn't happened. Got it. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great. Cause I'd be all, the, I'd had my head right up against that alarm clock every night. <laughs> Let me see some weird shit. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's good to know. Well, and I know we thought a lot about that when we were doing the Skinwalker Ranch stuff, so which was yeah. infuriating oh. on another level. <laughs> oh, I can totally relate. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, whereas, whereas you are better at being a much more diplomatic skeptic. <laughs> We potentially are not. <laughs> you know, it really depends on when you catch me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm yeah. doing stuff where I know I'm being recorded, then I'm more diplomatic. But yeah, if, if, and I can be, <laughs> I, I try to explain. <laughs> I, I try to, I try to work things out with people as much as possible. But sometimes, yeah. you know, you just come across that person that, you know, when you look at them, you know they're going to be a dick, and that's it. You you just know it. So I try to be polite, but then you know I give them three chances. Strike three, that's it. Then I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna unload on your ass and you know make you feel stupid. But, I mean, um, but uh, otherwise, I try to be as nice as possible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as we giggle about it. Yeah. We. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll try to maintain your your nice credit. Oh, you don't have to. <laughs> don't change for me. I was say, I had to watch Just some ghost. You. I had to watch some ghost adventures for this episode, so I can't promise that I'm going to be oh. super. Kind. I skipped it. I skipped it because one of the places you mentioned that's the only 
hit that came up in Google. And I was like, nope, yep. nope, nope, not I'm watching not it. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. <laughs> Paige took a bullet. I did it. <laughs> Thanks, us. Paige. I, the only reason I did it, well, I'll get back to why I did it. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get there. Um, okay, so we should probably actually talk about spooky stuff. <laughs> yeah. What? what? We have a topic? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Welcome to our show. <laughs> So this week, uh, we're going to talk about, I guess, what people consider to be more credible examples of haunted places or ones that have particularly (laughs) good evidence (laughs) and (laughs) I guess good in quotation marks because we're going to talk about that some. Um, But we asked for recommendations on Twitter and our other social media accounts and we got some good responses. <laughs> we immediately asked Kenny and you were like, um, I want to be a party pooper and say nothing is haunted. <laughs> but then you came around to this idea. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so we specified that these would these were credible hauntings, I guess according to quote unquote experts <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and i'm not clear that we had any like real criteria when we were trying to decide what counted as credible um we were basically just looking for places that had more than just eyewitness reports or more than just hearsay like there had to be some sort of physical evidence that had been captured and again just like so many yeah just just a lot of <laughs> you're like yeah just, uh, i yeah. can't even promise to deliver on the physical evidence thing i'm just okay giving you a heads up. yeah well i read that <laughs> after i had done my research and i was like um maybe i can't <laughs> okay well i'm gonna start with a place that is like on my bucket list of places that I definitely want to go <laughs> someday. Um, and this was one that was suggested by the ladies at the Haunted AF podcast, but this is the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. And it, I mean, most people are most familiar with it because it's the inspiration for The Shining by Stephen King. So, Everybody knows it because of that. Um, Although that in the movie is called The Overlook Motel. Okay, so full disclosure. (laughs) Since we were talking about (laughs) ghost shows. (laughs) Already starting with disclaimers. (laughs) I know, I know. Um, It's all right. We're a half hour in. It's allowed. It's fine. Um, Okay, so this was... They went to the Stanley Hotel in one of the earlier episodes of ghost hunters which obviously you know from listening to this i've watched an excessive amount of (laughs) so i've seen a lot of it um but this was back when they were significantly more inclined to actually try to debunk things and like not necessarily declare literally every location that they went to to be haunted so it's like maybe a little more legit But what I remember from those episodes or from that episode is that it was like it was one of the ones that was definitely spookier. Like there was weird stuff that happened in it that they caught on camera. So I'm like very curious to get your thoughts about it, Kenny. (laughs) 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 So like 
Yeah. So, for example, they had the team like do this investigation, and that was kind of normal. But and this is me pulling from memories of like several years ago watching this, if not like ten years ago watching this. <laughs> so it but is incredibly accurate. It's been <laughs> a while. So yeah, these this is like definitely super accurate description. Okay. Right. But a couple things that stuck with me were they film them while they're sleeping so that way they can like try to capture stuff happening in the room. And I think it's Jason in one of the rooms. But you could like on camera while he's sleeping, you see his closet doors open up on their own, which I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then also you hear this um, like, clinking noise and a glass that he has sitting on his nightstand just like shatters by itself i remember this i do remember this (laughs) yes i remember i remember yeah because the 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 glass is on the little end table and it's it it, it's almost like by right by a window i think and i think so yeah it just shatters and they really focus on the glass shattering yes and it's it doesn't even really shatter it's like a chunk of it pops out yes Okay. Yes. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so like I remember watching this and thinking, I mean, that's pretty spooky. Like that would be really weird stuff. It's like suspending, I guess, the idea that they're faking it, <laughs> which is a distinct possibility. <laughs> um. That's that's weird stuff. Like, I would have trouble explaining. The closet door, not so much. Like, old buildings. Like, if you leave my linen closet door open in my house, wh- yeah, like, it'll, it'll just go and right. slowly open itself up. So, like, that doesn't freak me out so much because, like, in an old building, let's say, like, I don't know, the heating system kicks on and changes the pressure in the room and the closet isn't latched and it just sort of like comes open because of that. Fine. That makes sense to me. But the glass shattering was really weird unless it was fake. So I just want to throw this out there, though. Did you or did you not have an entire glass table shatter on you one time? (laughs) (laughs) Cold out. (laughs) Shut up, Paige. Um, Yeah. That was like one of the non-spooky non-ghost related scariest things that has ever happened so we had this tempered glass um coffee table and we're just like sitting there one morning having coffee having breakfast and no one was touching the table i think we had like a plate from breakfast or something sitting on it and it just shattered like on its own Nothing hit it. Nothing happened. It just exploded. It was the craziest thing ever. <laughs> and, you know, if I wasn't sitting in an apartment that had been built in like 2009, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> ghosts. Um, but I think that can happen with tempered glass, though, because like if there's any imperfections in the glass and then it like it gets exposed to heat or cold as you're setting things on it over time like it can basically just hit a critical point where it just shatters at some point so i don't think that's super spooky especially because we bought it at like a discount furniture store 
work. So <laughs> maybe it like wasn't the best quality. <laughs> but anyway, so like I don't know if drinking glasses are going to do the same thing. Well, they, I I can actually comment on that uh, because I've had that happen uh, several times before. Uh, because I like to, one of the things that we do here at, at my house, we, we have a tiki bar out in our backyard and oh. we have parties. Oh yeah. We um. love to party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like tiki bars. Well then if you're ever in the Philadelphia area, you come over, hang out. <laughs> but we, uh, we have a tiki bar. We have like the fire pit. We have everything going and it, it's usually a great night, but there's been multiple times where, glasses just regular like uh like just just your everyday drinking kind of glasses and then your like highball glasses or, or something else that you're drinking wine out of if you add some ice to it and sometimes it's been just walking back to like the party area or if you've been sitting especially if you've been sitting next to the yeah, fire the fire pit and then you uh. pop a whole bunch of ice in your glass yes the the temperature difference cracks it it pops because it's trying to expand and contract and it, it's just that the forces are too much and it cracks. Uh, I've had pieces literally just like that ghost hunters episode where it's just a chunk of it just popped out and fell into the ground. Yeah. So, so when I saw that, when I saw that on the TV show, I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure I know what happened. He probably, it was probably just warm. I don't, I don't remember if it was by a heater or not, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think he had ice in it. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not I sure. I think it so was for like a cold drink or something. Yeah. But. So, and, and being by the window, most likely, I, I mean, I'd have to look at it again because it's been, it, it's been some time since I've, I've actually watched that, but I have all the seasons so I can wa- look it up. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, that's for research. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's not, I mean, it's it's strange when it happens to you because it doesn't yeah. happen all the time, obviously, because yeah. um, everybody still has their glasses. But uh, yeah, it, it does happen. And, and it's kind of freaky when it does happen, especially right. when they combine it with that door closing um, or opening, <laughs> you know, yeah. and when you have those two things happen. And like you said, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's it, that has to do with air pressure. If they have a window open, especially if they have a window open, you're going to get that. Because yeah. your interior doors, like your closet doors, your bathroom doors, they're not solid doors like your front door. Um, right. They're much, much lighter and they glide. I mean, we have it here all the time. Uh, I'm in Pennsylvania and when spring and fall, forget it. If you have a window <laughs> open, I guarantee you a, a bedroom door is going to slam shut. Yep. It's, it just happens. <laughs> so whenever I see all these doors opening and closing on, on these ghost hunting shows, I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not well, spooky. And, yeah. Especially in places, houses or buildings or whatever that are many decades old and have right. foundations that are, you know, crumbling or sagging or whatever. It's like, <laughs> it just makes it more likely to happen. Right. So. And there are places like that. There are no straight lines. Nothing's yes. level. Exactly. <laughs> everything is crooked so yeah it's just it's just gonna happen right yeah i know but anyway so that is a very long disclosure that i found <laughs> that episode particularly spooky and compelling but yes probably a load of baloney okay <laughs> so the uh, stanley hotel opened in 1909 and it was built 
and owned by Freeland, Oscar, and Flora Stanley. Um, and they are, I guess, of the Stanley Steamer motor carriages family. Uh, so he had, Freeland had tuberculosis. So his doctors recommended that he move west for his health. So that's why they moved to the area. And then they decided to open up the hotel. And it is now considered one of the most haunted places in the country. And like, literally every ghost show I think has been there to do lock-ins. Obviously, it's the inspiration for The Shining. I think probably every spooky ghost story podcast has episodes (laughs) about it. Um, But it's supposed to include the ghosts of both Freeland and Flora. So people will supposedly hear her piano playing at night. Um, And he has been seen in pictures that people have taken in the billiards room because that's where he liked to spend his time. And they'll hear balls breaking in the billiards room as well. And apparently people before they see or feel or hear Flora will smell roses. Um, And she apparently is said to pinch guests or (laughs) run a finger down their backs because she was apparently a really big stickler about good posture. So she, I guess, has like decided to spend her afterlife like nagging people about her their posture, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, okay, you're doing this in your ghost life. Like, were you wandering around your hotel in your actual life, like pinching your guests so they stood up straight? Because that's just fucking rude. <laughs> <laughs> or running your finger down their back. <laughs> yeah, like Freak. if somebody did that to me at a hotel. <laughs> Get away I'm from me. <laughs> you are getting a one-star Yelp review for sure. <laughs> okay, so those are some of the things. And then I guess more recently, there have been some pictures taken. And I'm going to send you guys some links to look at if you're able to. But one I thought, so this one I thought was particularly um, funny because Kenny, you are quoted in the article <laughs> about it. Oh wow! Look at that! I get a yeah. double guest spot on this show. I know <laughs> it's a guest spot inside of a guest spot. That's like that's like sixteen walls I'm breaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was somebody who took a picture, I think, with their cell phone of like the main or on a staircase, maybe the main staircase of the hotel. But you could see a ghost, if not two ghosts, well, supposed ghosts, um, in the photo. And yeah, I guess you you can summarize if you remember, (laughs) Kenny. But (laughs) I guess the the take-home here was this dum-dum had their camera on like the panorama (laughs) setting so (laughs) yeah so (laughs) this was uh see we're not diplomatic (laughs) (laughs) really i mean that that seemed pretty nice compared to what i usually say (laughs) so yeah this took place back in 2016 and it was uh, taken by henry yao uh he was visiting the place and yes he took this picture and when you look for it uh when you look for it online you usually see a photograph of the main stairway and it's kind of cropped. It looks like a normal photo. And I think that's what got people thinking like, Oh wow, there's, there's no trickery here. But when you dug deeper, you found out that 
he was using an iPhone and he was using, as you said, the panoramic mode. So he was literally started all the way to his left and he, you know, panned across all the way to his right. And he got the entire lobby uh, with people in it, which is ironic because he states to the, that when he gave the interview, he states clearly, I wanted to wait until there was nobody in my picture. And when you look at the full picture, there are fucking people in the picture. I mean, there's there's a, people at the front desk. <laughs> you, yeah. you can't help but see them. So, right. They, and when these, when, when you take a picture with a panoramic uh, mode, you are you're basically it, it's 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 a rolling shutter. So that means it's pretty much side scrolling as you move across. Um, and anyone that's done this, you, you watched a little square on the bottom of the phone, you watch it go across. And, you know, if you go too high or too low, it usually tells you, hey, you know, adjust or lower the phone as you're taking it. So as he's going across, a woman was coming down the stairs. And as he panned that particular spot, the woman actually just turned the corner of the main stairway to come down the rest of the stairs. Oh. Um, before she came down the rest of the stairs, he had already passed by. Uh, and it was a little combination of, of both a long exposure because he, you don't use a flash. You, you right. take this very, very long picture, literally, and it's going line by line. Think of, think of it as, um, uh, how do you think of it? Uh, if you take a piece of paper and you, you put it long ways and you just start drawing one line, um, from the top to the bottom. And then you move over that that tiny hair and you go another line and another line. Right. That's how this picture is being made. Yeah. So if someone is standing in one position as you pass them and then they walk two feet ahead, you're going to catch them again. Yeah. Uh, and there's plenty of examples online. If you if you look up uh, uh, panoramic uh, mistakes or, or screw ups, you're going to see a whole. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're going to see some freaky pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Let me you tell see you. some real monsters. My favorite yeah. is when people's dogs are running in the photos. Oh, and my God. They just end up with this, like, That's so awesome. <laughs> this is like very long, insane looking <laughs> yeah. dog creature. <laughs> Those two ghosts that the two ghosts that he said uh, when yeah. I enhanced it, I was able to match up every detail. Um, same height, same details on the dress that she's wearing. Um, it yeah. looks like she has a, like a black dress with a, a white undergarment and you could match everything up. So it was the same person. Um, there was no doubt in my mind. It was the same person uh, just caught twice in the same picture. Uh, okay. And another thing is that, you know, you, you, when you're taking a panoramic picture, you're not looking at the scene. You, mm-hmm. You're definitely not looking at the scene. You're looking at the camera. You're, you're looking right. at your phone and paying attention to that. So right. looking at this little iPhone screen, I highly doubt he saw this woman turn the corner and start down the stairs yeah, because he was just exactly. not paying attention. And it, <laughs> so it's not a hoax. I mean, I, I, I don't think he did it on purpose. He just no. made a mistake and it right. got away from him. Right. So, which usually happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I've got another picture <laughs> to send you guys and we will we'll share copies of these photos so you guys can see. So this one, I have some ideas about <laughs> what's going on in this photo, but and I don't know if you've seen this, but this was um, taken on a ghost tour in September 2017 because of course, of course they do ghost tours. And if I ever get to go there when the world's not a nightmare, I'm absolutely going to go on one. Um, (laughs) 
but they um, claim that in the picture there is a ghost child on the stairs and that there's like potentially another ghost like on the higher the upper flight of stairs that you can see in the pictures so yes <laughs> so they claim that there were no children on the tour so i had a couple thoughts um about this so first like you mentioned people's recall is not particularly great in scenarios that aren't like aren't notable or where something major didn't happen so it's like well potentially a little girl did walk through while you guys were on your tour and you sort of just forgot about it when well, you were looking at like, the pictures later aren't there like three little kids sitting on this bench too yeah um oh there is a little kid sitting right on that bench and they're like there's no children on the tour <laughs> and like literally in the upper right corner yep <laughs> that is either the smallest adult which is possible or, <laughs> or that is for sure a child <laughs> So, okay. So, like, strike one against this photo. <laughs> okay, but picture-wise, they reached out to a guy named the, the, this article, or I don't know, somebody related to this article, reached out to Ben Hansen, who was a former FBI agent, um, but he was the host of a show called Fact or Faked, which <laughs> I fucking loved. <laughs> so, I don't know you if you watched it, Kenny, or Paige, if you've heard of it. But I like, I really miss that show. So their whole thing was like they debunked various, it was just videos, right? But they did everything from aliens right. to paranormal stuff. I think they had a Bigfoot episode and they were like pretty thorough about it. It was awesome. I've never, shocking, I've never heard of that show either. <laughs> okay, well, I'm pretty sure two seasons of it are available on Hulu, potentially. Kenny, I just watch a lot of shows about murder. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's why Good. I never. That's why I've never Good. seen any of like the, these ghost shows because I'm so, just like well, all yeah. true crime. You're the one that's feeding the ghost shows. <laughs> <laughs> You're supplying them with their stories. I'm going to be yes. nice to you. <laughs> anyway, back to happier things. So anyway, I love that show. He looks at the picture, the Ben Hansen guy. And says, like, he doesn't think there's any signs of it being a fake. But so other than these lying liars who said that there's no kids on their tour when there, like, clearly is in the photo. So a couple things about it. Like, there's some pretty severe glare from the lights in the photo that, like, line up exactly, like, the end of them lines up exactly with the supposed ghost. So I'm not sure that it's not just like some sort of camera glitch that happened I guess I also think that it looks like a lower light scenario so it's like very possible that it was a longer shutter time and a kid walked through and what you're seeing because they say there's potentially two ghosts is you're just seeing like the long exposure of her walking up or down the stairs Good. Good. I yep. mean, right? <laughs> You're doing good so far. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> yeah. Kenny or Paige, do you guys have any additional thoughts about what might be going on here? Paige? No, I mean, that would have been my same thought, too. Yeah. Um, especially with, and we had talked about some of the the issues with using cameras for this type of thing and uh, what our second, I think, ghost hunting equipment show. And I think you nailed it, Megan. Yeah. Okay. Right. Great. Yeah, I mean, you 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 got it right there. Um, I'll just I'll just 
build upon what you said, uh, because you, you pretty much nailed it. Uh, you, you see the, the glare, the lens flaring coming off the light, especially in the one in the middle. But you also mm-hmm. see it on the other lights. You see it not only on the chandelier uh, that's up top on the right side, but you also see it in the reflection off the mirror on the left going mm-hmm. up the stairs. You can see it that. So that's a product of the camera. Uh, not necessarily anything paranormal or supernatural going on. That's just product of the lens that the that's used on the camera, which I think is a camera phone that they're yeah. that they used on this. Um, what bothers me is that you're this FBI guy um, says <laughs> that, and I quote, I quote, if it is faked, I've got to hand it to them for their level of detail and creativity because there's usually enough easy signs to suggest hoaxing. So right. I want to just uh, one sh- shut up, asshole. <laughs> like, I can't stand this kind of shit when they do that. Second, like faking fake. See, this is what riles me up <laughs> when I see stuff like this, you know, like, oh, I'm a big FBI agent and this and that. I'm going to give my yeah. opinion that isn't worth shit. Um, yeah. But faking is a very it's a very it's it's a strange term because. Yeah, it's not faked. It's it's definitely not faked. This is yeah. just a camera mistake. This is somebody yeah. who took a photograph and it was unintentional effect of the camera because of the settings. So yeah. he didn't deliberately fake it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So faking that, or hoaxing is like really accusatory. <laughs> right. I mean, when you fake something, you're deliberately trying to deceive people. Yeah. And and that's it. I don't think that's happening here. But right. as you pointed out, there's there's not just... I mean, you have the the obvious one that's on the stairs, on the the top of the stairs at the lower, right in the middle on the bottom there. You have that girl, um, which, I mean, when you look at her, it's some things uh, stick out to me. One, she's she's going up the stairs because we're seeing the back of her head, the long hair Mm -hmm. going down past her shoulders. Um, I also noticed her shoes. They're flats. Um, You can see the the heel of the shoe, Mm -hmm. um, of her right shoe. And that's because... That was the one thing on her body that was stationary the longest during this yeah. picture. The rest of it is you can actually see where the top of her head goes up to the next step um, yeah. because it, it blurs up there. That's that's motion blur. Uh, yeah. And, and that's because, she yeah, she was in motion. She's also casting a shadow. Um, is she? <laughs> yeah. If you oh, look yeah, at the steps, her. she's casting a, sh- a shadow behind her. Oh, she her. totally is. Yeah. So <laughs> right there, that's telling you, like, she's blocking the light, uh, which means... She's a solid she, object. She's a solid object. People would see her. <laughs> and oh, I didn't a, even notice the shadow. That's perfect. <laughs> and as you pointed out, there's other kids. I mean, there's... First of all, even if you say there's no kids on the tour... It's an operating hotel, and this is the main staircase. Right. So it doesn't matter if there's no kids on the tour, which there is, because we see it. <laughs> but it's still the main staircase that kids can go up to their rooms. <laughs> you right. know, like, come on, people. Yeah. But we can see, like, yeah, the kid that's at the top left, he's obviously going up the stairs. The woman that's coming down, her hand, her right hand is actually transparent. Yeah. Um, because she's moving it. Uh, the woman... The woman, it's I think it's a woman that's on the far right, uh, top right of the she's holding what looks like some kind of like red or like hot pink, maybe jacket or something that's also blurry because it's in motion. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the mother, the mother that's standing 
by the kids that aren't supposed to be on the tour. Uh, she's got, <laughs> you know, she's she's holding something blue, like a blue pocketbook or something. She's got a, a very light colored jacket. Her whole face, I mean, it, it's it's blurry. Her arms blurry because she's moving. She's talking to them and talking to the kids, but yeah. it's more pronounced because the light is right above her. It's, it's shining right on her face. So we see. Yeah. Like you said, this is a long exposure. There's plenty of of detail in it, and this you could you could recreate this within I don't know like two seconds. You really could. It don't take that long. There's no creativity here. It's point and shoot. I was gonna say I probably take thirty photos of this, like my toddler of my toddler, like every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's real simple. You don't need to call the FBI on this one. Um, we got you covered right here. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's a former FBI agent. <laughs> okay. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about briefly is the most famous room in that hotel, in the Stanley Hotel, is room 217, which is where there's a bunch of stories about it. It's the room where Stephen King stayed and claims to have had all of these experiences and you know, he's real pissed that Stanley Kubrick decided to change it to 237, I think, in his version of the movie. Um, <laughs> or in his, yeah, his, his movie version of the book. But this is, so that's like supposedly the most haunted room. And people claim that it is a former housekeeper who haunts the room. And her name is Elizabeth Wilson. And she apparently will move people's luggage. She'll fold their clothes when they're not in there, which like just seems pretty nice to me. But the (laughs) stories about her are like very conflicting. So they say it's like, depending on what you read, you get a different story, which pretty much makes me think like, oh, this is bullshit. (laughs) But like some people will say that she was somehow struck by lightning while she was in the room, (laughs) but she survived. Um, A couple different versions of some sort of like gas explosion that happened because she was lighting a lantern. But like, again, she was just injured. She didn't die. So it's like, well, where, why would you die? And then go back to like, one of the worst moments in your life (laughs) in your afterlife like this is a terrible choice um so yeah so that that sort of takes away the i don't know the scary factor about it because you just think well if there's not a concrete story like is it is anything really happening here is it just people sort of freaking them out because they're freaking themselves out so this is the room where stephen king stayed he claims that he saw ghost children walking around the halls so clearly the inspiration for the the twins and the story um he also claims that he saw a ghost party happening in the mcgregor ballroom a ghost party (laughs) yes and apparently it was like the end of the season it was like him and his wife were the only guests so here are my thoughts about this. Were <laughs> they serving he... spirits at the ghost party? <laughs> 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 but I'm bummed. Sorry. Um, so it's like pretty widely known, and he's talked about it, how at this time and following, he had pretty serious problems with alcohol. And I think it was later than this, but maybe at this point had started to have pretty serious problems with cocaine. So, and that's fine. Like people struggle with addiction, 
But it also sort of makes him an unreliable witness. Because here's what I worry about is that he's, you know, a little bit drunk and walking around and basically much like his book hero is potentially seeing things that are not there. Is this too heavy? (laughs) I mean, I'm following you. I am on the same path. Or like falls asleep and thinks he sees something, but like really it's all in a dream. Right. Yeah. Like I, I definitely like it doesn't make you a super sure you might have freaked yourself out. I'm sure staying in a hotel that is supposedly very haunted when there's nobody else there is going to sort of prime you to be creeped out. But yeah, but I maybe question whether the or ghost not he, party. <laughs> he saw what he saw, given that he might have not been as full mental competency at the time. <laughs> So I mean, it was was it how many stories were there before he stayed there? I think people had been talking about it being haunted for a long time before I mean, he was there. What? Even. That was that was what the 74, 1974, I think. Yes. Yeah. He stayed there in the early 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is before everyone was online. So, I mean, your stories came from those those ancient tomes called books. Um, <laughs> so it, you had to buy a book in order to, to really hear the stories or, or get a magazine that dealt with that kind of stuff so it's like how many how many ghost stories were there really about the place before yeah. he was there you know and and like you said i mean if if, if he had that drug slash alcohol problem um yeah and and i mean that's a big if because i don't know I, I haven't researched this so and Oh, I looked He's, it up. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> I looked it up and like at this time, like he was he was very much writing the Jack Torrance character. So like he writes about writers, but some of their um behaviors and and struggles like are ones mm-hmm. that he had. So the alcoholism okay. is like definitely something that he was struggling with at the time. So he's in this big huge hotel where there's a, there's like a, a skeleton uh, um, crew that's working. Yeah. So there's hardly anybody there. You have all these empty spaces. You're used to being, I mean, we're used to being in a place like that with people, activity, yeah. stuff going on, you know, always somebody walking around. And he probably had all that time where nothing was going on in whatever drunken stupor or whatever he was going through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Writing this character, writing the book, because that's the kind of shit that he writes about. I mean, that that's yeah. He he was making his own recipe for a disaster there. <laughs> oh, you know? for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see this coming coming to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my general thoughts about the hotel, and I don't actually a hundred percent know how many stories there were before he writes The Shining, but yeah, or that people are kind of just telling each other stories and and priming themselves to see things that aren't there <laughs> and i mean since the movie i mean since the book and the movie came out it's a it's a tourist trap you know it's a tourist oh, yeah. attraction people want to go there because yeah. of this because of that book because of that movie so yeah you're gonna have people are going in primed they're yeah. already expecting and expectation yeah. in in the whole paranormal is it's <laughs> That's how the paranormal community exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's expectation, right. you know? And yeah. That's where everything comes from. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
yeah, let's go see some ghosts. Let's go to, let's go stay there. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a show right from there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Paige, you finally get to do one of yours. <laughs> All right, I'm going. So the first location that I um, looked up or that I researched was the Eastern State Penitentiary. And this one was actually suggested by Mr. Kenny Biddle. Yay! Um, yay! <laughs> so I guess before I get into like some of the history and stuff, what, was there a reason that you kind of chose this one or that you recommended this one, Kenny? Well, mostly because it's, it's a very popular spot. Um, and... and I mean, I don't know exactly what qualifies any place to be the most haunted, um, but it seems like <laughs> all of them claim that. But uh, Eastern State Penitentiary is pretty big in Philadelphia. It's uh, I live about a half hour away from it, so I'm there oh, all the cool. time. I, I go a few times a year just for photography uh, alone because it's just an amazing place for photography. Uh, but- it's beautiful. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean it, it's very it's the gothic look to it. It's just it's it's amazing, and the the they're not trying to restore it; they're trying to stabilize it. That's the that's the uh, what the project is. It's not to restore it to its former glory. It's to keep it the way it is and preserve it, which is beautiful. I love it because the crumbling nature, the the abandoned look of it. Oh my god! It's 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 like a <laughs> orgasm for photographers. So. <laughs> That's the first time I bet that was on your show. <laughs> uh, well, except for last week, we talked oh, okay. about weird vampire sex. So <laughs> I just listen to that. <laughs> but it, it's a very popular place here. Uh, every year they have the terror behind the walls uh, Halloween attraction, but which looks it, pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They you get to go around to different parts of the prison that aren't normally open. And get the uh, the shit scared out of you, uh, which is great. I mean, <laughs> what more can you ask for? But it's a it's a very popular place. That's why I figured, you know, I'll throw it in there and uh, let you have that. Okay, yeah. so I didn't find like you know, Megan had you know photos and everything. I couldn't find really much of anything for either of the two places that I covered. Um, but that's okay. We can talk about it anyways. Um, so as far as like the history goes for, I'm just going to call it ESP from here on out because they did. So I'm going to, um, <laughs> <laughs> I got most of the, the information about their history. Actually, I got all the information, their history um, from the, the easternstate.org website. So uh, they've got a lot of really cool information on there. So if you're looking for any information about it, or if you're interested in like booking a tour or something, which I really want to do now. Um, you should definitely go and check their website out. And then we get to come over and go to the Tiki Bar. That's right. right. That's the plan. That's right. <laughs> VIP, baby. VIP. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, it was built in 1829. And unlike other prisons at its time, it didn't use corporal punishment. Um, it strived to end ill treatment of prisoners by forcing them to reflect and change. And it's, it's, it's funny to me that they're, they wanted to strive to end ill treatment because the way that they chose to do this was by using a system, um, which was called the Pennsylvania system of isolation and labor. Uh, So at the time that the Eastern state penitentiary was up and running. Uh, prisoners would spend 23 hours a day in their cells by themselves. They didn't have cellmates at that time. Uh, and they would only get two half hour breaks in which they were 
covered in full hood. So they didn't, they couldn't see anybody around them. Um, they weren't able to see any of the light. It was just, I mean, they were just covered in hoods the entire time. So it was complete isolation. That's a nightmare. It's right. <laughs> I mean, striving to end ill treatment. It's like, uh. also just, you know, welcome to 2020. We don't see anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who wants to, really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, By, like, 1890, that started to change a little bit, and a lot of the prisoners started to have cellmates. Um, But what changed is when they started bringing in cellmates, they then built a specific solitary confinement cell, um, and those were specifically used then for punishment. So they kind of changed that system. Um. And then in 1956, um, just to kind of fast forward a little bit, in 1956, they made the final addition to the prison, uh, which was the the next addition after that solitary confinement cell, and this was their death row addition. Um, In 1970, they closed their doors, and it's to to me, it seemed a little unclear um, as to why, other than like they just couldn't keep it updated and they were like low on funding. So I don't know that there was any specific reason other than they just couldn't get the money they needed to make the the appropriate updates um fun fact is that al capone spent eight months of his year sentence for bringing a uh concealed i think it was like a concealed gun to a movie theater it may have been a knife um (laughs) they couldn't get him on any of the gangster stuff so they right so they got him on a concealed weapon at a movie theater Uh, um, and he spent eight of his months of his sentence at esp and he had like a pretty crushy room compared to everybody else yeah things that i've seen they (laughs) he apparently just got whatever he wanted like he requested certain things for his room and he got it uh because you know that's what Al <laughs> yeah, fucking what, Capone. <laughs> right. That's what it, being Al Capone Nobody gets you. Will, yeah. <laughs> um, so a couple of things that I read in an NPR article about kind of the history and how prisoners were treated is that some of the punishments they were given, mind you, they were saying that they were striving to end ill treatment and they were trying to treat the prisoners better. Uh, but some of the punishments they were using were, uh, one of them was called a water bath in which inmates were dunked and then hung out on a wall in winter until ice formed on their skin. Uh, The mad chair, which bound an inmate so tightly that circulation was cut off, later necessitating um, amputations. And then there were a couple others, one called the iron gag and one called the hole. Um, But I don't, I didn't write down what every single one of these mean, and I don't really know that I that I wanted to, or that everybody maybe wanted to. Don't want to know. I yeah. want to know what the hole is. <laughs> we maybe don't want to talk about the iron gag and the hole. Yeah, um, all sounds show, terrible. Show really took a turn. <laughs> um. So while you know they they it sounds like they were trying to do what they thought was maybe the right thing. They were overall not treating these prisoners well. So a lot of people were still, were dying there. Um, Or, you know, whether it just be from malnourishment or whether it be from one of these harsh punishments that they did, that they were still having a lot of people die. So I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't find any the photos or videos. If you guys have found any, please show me or let me know. Um, Because 
I couldn't find anything. Uh, but I did find that in that same NPR article that there are a couple areas of the prison that are considered more haunted than others. Uh, cell block 12 is known for echoing voices and cackling. Uh, huh. Cell block 6 for shadowy figures darting along the walls. And cell block 4 for visions of ghostly faces. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, many people have also reported seeing a silhouette of a guard in one of the towers. They've reported footsteps, wails, whispers. Um, and it w- they made it very clear that these si- same stories have been told over and over and over again. So it wasn't just one person saying it. It was time and time again people saying that they saw these same things. Which, I don't know. Echoing voices, that could be coming from anywhere. Well... I mean, it's a big place, and right. I guess probably. I, well, you've been there, Kenny, but like presumably yeah. things sort of just naturally echo. So I mean, you'd have to know a hundred percent that nobody was outside the building, that nobody right. was in the building. So I feel like that would just be other people around. Well, right. it is. It is in the middle of the city. Uh, okay. When it was originally built, it was not. Uh, it, the, the, the city developed around it, and now it's it's pretty much um, – you could walk to the art museum <clears throat> where the Rocky statue is in maybe 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So it's – it's the city had developed around it, so you have neighborhoods on all sides of it, even though you have walls that I think – I forget the actual uh, measurement, but I think they were like 26 or something feet tall. Big walls. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, these are – huge buildings and it was set up in a wagon wheel design so that the original design when it had the original cell blocks you could stand in the dead center uh which was called the rotunda that's the room that you could stand in it was the guardhouse but you could stand in this little circle it was about a foot and a half wide you stood in that circle and you could look down the center of every single cell block it was really cool but then they added more buildings to it they added second floors to some of the existing cell blocks. And then they added cell blocks branching off of that. So very long. I mean, we're talking each cell block was literally like a block and a half long, like a city block long. It's very big and all concrete, cement. Uh, so you have echoes going on. But you also have, uh, depending on when you're there, especially because most of these ghost stories came out after it had closed. And you have Mm. ghost hunters going in there and tours going in there. In the time between when it closed and when it opened for tours, you had, I think there was a few years there where it was abandoned. And uh, city cats, like actual cats, made it their home. (laughs) Like there are hundreds of cats. There was actually an art exhibit um, devoted to the cats. That's uh, so cute. <laughs> so you had all these stray cats that lived in there. You have hundreds, if not thousands of pigeons that oh. live in there. So yeah, there's a lot of things that can make noises and, and make shadows. So that's something to be aware of. Yeah. 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 So Paige, you were saying like shadowy figures darting along the walls. Yeah. And it's like, well, that could very, that could be a cat. That could, oh yeah. <laughs> easily. Probably a cat. Easily. I do think... It's probably Ghost Hunters. That's what I've watched the most of. But I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they captured like shadow figures or some shit like that when they did their Eastern State episodes. 
I so, should have mentioned that <laughs> Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures did visit this b- location, but I had already watched one episode for the next location. And so just to be honest with you all, I decided not to do that for yet another hour of my life. So I'm pretty sure there was go I'm pretty sure Ghost Hunters caught like sh- some sort of shadow figure or something. maybe though it was like a thermal image in which case like it's probably just a reflection of somebody in the room um Uh, i can talk about that if you want (laughs) yeah oh you know okay i I was actually when when ghost hunters was there uh Uh i was actually there that day uh i was part i i was i swear i was i was actually part of a I had my own ghost hunting team at the time. This is the best. So, this is the I most famous I will ever be. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like one degree of separation from ghost hunters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait till we stop. When we stop recording, I'll tell you some more stuff. But anyway. Oh my um, God. So I was there because my ghost hunting team was at, at the time we were, we were there. We we're scoping out the place because we were coming back the next weekend for a ghost hunt. And, we we were walking around and I bumped into Jason and I'm, that's the first time I met Jason, uh, we, oh yeah, Jason Halls. So we started talking and I met the rest of the team and they were there scouting uh, locations and figuring out where to put equipment. So uh, fast forward, they film and the show comes out while well, the cell block that they were filming in is the cell block that they, they, at the time they were getting ready for their Halloween special. Their, their terror behind the walls. Oh, no. So when you see the video and the the video clip, you can find it online. It's in one of the cell blocks. It's on the second floor. It's coming down one of the walkways. And it looks like out of the darkness, like this black shadow thing rushes towards the camera. But before it gets there, it zips back the opposite yes! direction. It doesn't yes, turn around. I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. Okay. So when you look at that, the black covering that they have, that whatever this, whoever it was, <laughs> I'm going to put it that way. Whoever it was, used a black covering. <gasps> it's like a black robe that they used on the mannequins in one of the attractions. Because oh there was God. a whole bunch of them on the on, in the other cell block right next to it. <gasps> so that so was one like, thing. you're saying for sure somebody grabbed it and faked it. Well, I that that you could actually let slide. But when you look at the video... As soon as it changes direction, the bottom of it flips up and you can see their jeans and sneakers. Oh my God. So that to me, I was like, oh, well, you know, the, the dark shadow figure has bright white sneakers. That's great. <laughs> you know, I guess they <laughs> oh want to, you know, God. they have good footwear, but you can definitely see it. And yeah, we were able to recreate that video. Um, and, and basically what they did was uh, they had their hand on the railing and they ran backwards towards the camera. And then once they got to a certain point, they took off forwards. And that's why you get this weird, like coming at you and then suddenly going away, but they don't actually turn around. (gasps) I remember that video. And that was like pretty freaky. And then, Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, blowing my mind right now. (laughs) Pretty sure I know. I'm pretty sure I know who did it. Um, but <gasps> I mean, I, I can't, I don't have the evidence to say 100%. So that's why I okay, but like, say a name. And we, we can cut this if you want, but do you think that it's somebody like from the ghost hunters team or somebody 
like from oh, yeah. the haunted attraction. Okay. Oh no no no! It was definitely them. I mean, oh they were in God. there. They they knew where the <gasps> oh camera my God. was. Oh I mean, God. it's this is not something. You, the camera was set up in a way that you could not not know it was there. You yeah. had to know where it was. You had to set this up. Okay. Okay. So because remember <gasps> they were running backwards. Yeah. So oh, you true. had to ha- yeah. you had to plan out where you were going to stop and then run forwards. So they they <sighs> they knew where everything was. Uh, well, I wish I could have found this video without watching the <laughs> whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you said that it's that it's available though online. So we're going to have to find it so we can share yeah. it with people for sure. But that is blowing my mind. Or if you know where it is, you can send it in the chat for us. <laughs> but I like, I distinctly remember seeing that. Oh my God. Yeah. Because okay. I watch, I mean, one of the things I do because uh, because I investigate these things, and, and especially with videos and photographs, with videos, I can guarantee that I look at a video at least 100 times, at, at yeah. the very least 100 times, no matter how long it is because I'm looking at every single detail and then I want to make sure I look at some other details that I wasn't paying attention to last time. So the more I looked at it, the more the sneakers, the jeans, everything came out. You could see the hand on the railing. It's like, okay, this is, this is not, this is not a ghost or thing. This is some jackass running at the camera. Okay. I get it. We can do this. Let's go sit up. Oh yeah. So this like totally answers one of the questions that I had that I was alluding to earlier about ghost shows because it specifically is about um, ghost hunters. So one of the other, <laughs> watch so much ghost hunters, good Lord. Um, so one of the other episodes where I always felt like, Oh, this is like pretty creepy, compelling evidence. Um, assuming they're not faking it, but like probably they are now that <laughs> I've heard this story. <laughs> um, but they go to the St. Augustine Lighthouse in Florida. Is this and, the one where the guy looks over to the edge? Yes. Like looks yeah. over the railing and it's like a shadow figure like looking over the railing down at them and then it like goes up the stairs really quick and looks again. And I think they like went back for another episode and they captured it again and it was like but now that I know this Eastern State story, <laughs> it's definitely just a dude <laughs> it's on the just crew a dude. doing it. It's just a dude. Can I just say uh, that I love that all you have to do is say what the episode, like what the location is for the episode that you're talking about, and Kenny knows exactly where you're going with it. <laughs> <laughs> like the exact spot in the episode that you're going to talk about. <laughs> it's really pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's like it's I I will not remember any of this until you start describing it. Like yeah. if you ask me, hey, how many how many videos did ghost hunters do? And I'll I'll sit here and be like, uh, I don't know how what huh? And then you, if you start saying, <laughs> oh, remember that glass that broke? And I'll be like, yes, the one is. Yeah. <laughs> I know that with the ice in it. It was this on the position. It was positioned right. this way. It was turned that way. Yeah. I, yeah. It pops up because I've done so many over the years that it just, they overlap until I start thinking about it. Until you give me some descriptions and then, you know, it, it starts coming back to me. Right. But probably, I mean, yeah, you've been doing this for so long that probably people have asked you about those specific 
right. things several times in the past because they are <laughs> memorable and they creepy. Are. And you think, oh, like, I, I don't know if I believe this, but like, that's that's hard to explain unless it's some idiot just just faking it, which is yeah. common <laughs> Some idiot. So disappointing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> That's even worse. Just be mad. Just be mad. <laughs> um, okay, Paige. Did you have anyway, anything else about yeah, Eastern State? <laughs> I super did. <laughs> I love uh, the show. <laughs> we love you, Kenny. Oh, I love you back. <laughs> this is great. Um, so one of the most, I don't know, well-known stories, one of the spookiest stories that has come from I don't even remember what I'm talking about anymore. The Eastern State Penitentiary is um a tale from a guy named Gary Johnson who just like a, I think he was a maintenance guy. He said that he was there working on the crumbling old locks at the he prison. He was the locksmith. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Kenny already knows. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> well, I'm prepared. I'm getting. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this because uh, the story goes that in the early 1990s he had just opened an old lock in cell block four uh, when he says that a forest gripped him so tightly that he was unable to move. He described a negative horrible energy that exploded out of the cell he said it he said tormented faces appeared on the cell walls and that one uh form in particular beckoned to him sorry i really struggled with that at the end um (laughs) but basically (laughs) basically he says like something just grabbed onto him he wasn't able to move and he had this like terrible energy explode out of that cell and oh. yeah, I mean, how do you explain that? Uh, well, he was drunk. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> he was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to explain stuff like that because it's that is a purely personal uh, experience. It's it's purely anecdotal, so it's very hard to to come up with um, logical explanations for it, especially because there's different versions of it. Because I've also heard versions where. He was lo- working on the lock because it was stuck and the, the the staff wanted the door open so they could use the cell and that he actually heard a noise down the hallway, the, down the so- cell block, and he turned and looked and saw a figure coming towards him. Um, so <laughs> I've heard that and like the faces on the wall that you described, that's the first time I've heard that version. Oh, um, so there's different versions of this. And I believe the first version of this story came out with a, it was a book about Philadelphia ghost stories and it was by Charlie Adams, um, who is a, uh, he, he wrote a lot of books, a lot of regional books about ghost stories around this area. So, um, yeah, so there's different versions of that. And then unfortunately a lot of the versions, even when they're in the, in those books, um, by Charlie, he gets them a little, he gets the history wrong sometimes. Uh, and I think that's just because of the people that he's talking to. So I don't know too much about this as in what really happened because I was never able to contact the guy. I tried to contact the locksmith, but I never got in touch hmm. with him um, to see, you know, because with a story like this, you need to get it firsthand. You really need to go Absolutely. to the source and, and get it because 
you know, when you read a book or you, you talk to a tour guide, how many people have they gone through, you know, before they actually got the story. So you know, what he felt, what he saw, we, we have no idea. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if I disappoint you because I don't have an explanation for this one. But I mean, it, that happens sometimes because it's just we have no idea what he was doing. He was working alone. There was no one with him as according to the stories that I've heard. So he could say pretty much anything and we can't verify it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know with this one. Well, I mean, to me, it just sort of reminds me of the something spooky story that you told at the beginning of the episode. Right. Like, like where you just felt very, uh, yeah, like unnerved or like somebody was in the room but nobody was there. And it's like, I mean, obviously this is a much more extreme example, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And it's, <laughs> it's easy to do too. I mean, when you put it in that context, it's really easy because if you know yeah. the history of the place, you know, people were there, you know, they, they, they probably fought, they, they were tortured. They were probably beaten by the right. guards. I mean, cause it's common practice in, in prisons like this, the solitary yeah. confinement alone drove people mad. And if you think about that, and then you're in this cell block, which again, I mean, until you're there, you don't realize how long these cell blocks are. <laughs> but if you're there by yourself and subtle noises from like pigeons or cats, yeah, you could you could get freaked out. You could hear noises and be like, holy shit, there's something coming down the hall towards me and I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually like a pigeon up on the second floor. Yeah. Right. Well, and I'm sure there's some like lizard brain evolutionary thing <laughs> that kicks off when you're like by yourself in these situations and you're like i've left the herd like i'm not supposed <laughs> to be doing this so yeah. your well, brain starts sending out alarm bells like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> and as far as like some of the physical things he says he feels like i mean that could be anxiety or like stress <laughs> Checking in as someone with anxiety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it could be pure fear. You know, yeah. like, I mean, if you're working there alone, it's kind of dark. The lighting sucks in there. I mean, it, it, and, and you hear a noise inside the cell that you're working on because, you know, you're trying to open it because it's been stuck locked for decades. And if you hear any kind of noise in there, and you're a believer in this stuff. Yeah, I could see that totally causing a panic attack mm -hmm. and, and freaking you out. And, and that's the quote unquote negative energy that you feel because now you're scared <laughs> shitless <laughs> because yeah. there's something in here. And how many TV right. shows have we seen? How many movies have we seen where, you know, that noise, that little noise means you're going to die. <laughs> that's, that's it. You hear that noise and you're like. We're watching it going, yep, that character's dead. <laughs> they, yeah. they ain't making it out. They, they got a red shirt. They're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to make you dive into your Ghost Hunters memory again. But isn't it the Eastern State Penitentiary episode where I think it's Steve and Tango, <laughs> who are two of the investigators, where they like... I think it's just like a bird or a bat or something like that that flies down at them or I don't know. They hear oh, something in one of the rooms no. and they just like freak out and run. And then Jason gets real pissed at them about it. it I swear is, that was Eastern State. Yes, it was Eastern State. It was Steve. <laughs> it was not Tango because I don't think Tango was there yet. But it was Steve <laughs> and um, Brian Horwa, uh, Hor Horwa. Oh, okay. He that Because that's, that's where the famous dude run. 
yes. comes from. That's the scene. Because, yeah, something flies down and he just freaks out and goes, dude, run! And they and Steve, who has no idea what the fuck's going on, <laughs> just, just like, all okay. Of, all of a sudden, his buddy's like running away and he's like, okay, we're out of here. Yeah. But then they like get really pissed at them because they're like, yeah. you're supposed to like, you're not supposed to run away from stuff. <laughs> and I totally, I'm totally with Jason on that. I was like, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Give them shit because they just ran. If you're a ghost hunter, you call yourself a ghost hunter and you run away from the, what you think is a ghost. Right. You need a new hobby. Paige, you just got to suck it up and watch the Ghost Hunters Eastern State episode. <laughs> like so many classic moments. <laughs> I will watch it. I will watch the Ghost Hunters episode. I was not about to put myself through another 45 minutes of Zach Bagans, though. No. that's Yeah, that's just probably bad for your health. Right. <laughs> I, I used to follow him on Twitter, and then he blocked me. <gasps> no! That that really is the dream, to get blocked by Zach Bagans. <gasps> yes! You, you have, like, a picture in his... You're, like... Um, I'm officially banned from the banned museum. From the that's museum. right. That's yes. right. That's what we learned yes. in the You Might Love This episode, yep. which is like the greatest thing. I think we, yeah, I think we tweeted about it or something because I was like, this is the best thing that I've ever heard that you were like officially banned from his museum, which is like a red flag that it's all bullshit because it's like, why would you be afraid of skeptical people coming if it was right. real? Right. I think he got mad because I kept inviting him. To to I said, hey, you know, if you ever want a real skeptic, you know, on your team, then invite me. I'll come out. I'll, I'll even pay for myself to come out. And then when I started doing the whole museum thing that I'm working on, I, yeah. I sent him an invitation with oh, no. saying, hey, if you ever want to know how to actually investigate shit, <laughs> come on oh, out. I'll no. teach you. <laughs> um, oh. but yeah, that didn't go over well. So yeah. Now yeah. I now I'm blocked. I don't get to see him anymore. But that's okay. I'm not hurt. <laughs> You're not missing not. that much, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my second location was suggested by Doc on Twitter, which is what, and I forgot to write down the handle. So I'm sorry. I will tag you later <laughs> when we release the episode. But. Um, they suggested the Baxter Avenue Morgue, which is located in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you can tell that I'm not Southern because I say Louisville. Louisville? <laughs> not Louisville. Louisville. It's Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. Um, okay. <laughs> so. Let's just scream Louisville at each other all night. Louisville. Louisville. Um, Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> I go out there every year for a pig roast. Oh, yeah. That's... So I know the lingo. Yeah. I'm not well, far from there. Louisville. I have no some, tiki bar, though. Some cousins who live who live in Louisville. So I want to go because there are a few locations that I'd like to visit in person there. But Baxter Avenue Morgue, um, from an article on LouisvilleFuture.com, which was sort of one that seemed... So it's an article called Baxter Avenue Morgue Continues to Haunt the Highlands, which I think is the neighborhood that it's in. But it's the one that sort of had the maybe most legit history for <laughs> the actual building itself. <laughs> so it was built in 1890 
but also some other sources say potentially the 1860s. <laughs> and according to this article, was used as a prize. So it's near one of the big cities, big cemeteries in the city. And was used as a private morgue until 1910 and then was used as a cold storage warehouse. Um, potentially it's some sort of like emergency morgue during the big flooding that happened in the city in 1937. Um, it operates as like laundry equipment storage or a laundromat until the 1970s, passes through some different hands, potentially as office space for a while. But I think the basement part goes unused um, and passes around for a while before going up for sales sale in the 90s and then gets purchased in 2000 by the current owner and it is now open for people to do for paranormal groups to come in um, and in the fall it operates as a haunted attraction so that's sort of like I think that's the most real history <laughs> that's out there for the building because I think even the owner says like they don't really completely know the history of the building. They just, they purchased it. It potentially was like rumored to be actually haunted. Um, it's sort of like your warehouse, Kenny, um, <laughs> but rumored to be actually haunted. There may have been some weird stories about it, but they don't actually know, you know, what went on with it. So the history of the building is a bit mysterious. So, okay. So here's the alternate history, but there's going to be a twist at the end. <laughs> so, okay. So the alternate history, and this is from an excerpt from Secret Louisville. A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. Um, and I think this was a chapter called The Mysterious History of the Baxter Morgue. And this is by a guy named Kevin Gibson. So he says in this book that he's written about various haunted and creepy places in Louisville that it opened in 1901 as the Vanderdark Morgue and is a few blocks from Louisville's largest cemetery, Cave Hill. And it is a successful business until the owner, Victor Vanderdark, which is like the, the most epic <laughs> Morgan <laughs> owner name ever, um, suddenly disappears on October 3rd of 1932. So then Victor's son, Warren, takes over the business. But two years later, Warren's wife and his son, also go missing without a trace and they start to get rumors swirling around the business they're not having people bring family you know deceased family members anymore he tries to change the name to baxter avenue morgue but it eventually goes out of business and once the building is empty circa the early 50s people report weird smells missing pets people going missing and strange sounds from the building so Here's the thing about that story, because like I saw it, it's like in this book, it is on several websites as if it's the real history for the building. That's the fucking backstory for the haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like 
one site claimed that local residents like started to come for forward with stories about like the Vanderdarks and like this dark history for the building and stuff. And that's how they basically created this story for the haunted house. But it's like, no, this is just, this is just some like jumbled up thing where people have started to think that like the history that they created for the haunted house is like actually the history for the building. (laughs) And I'm like about 99% sure that it is not. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that's the twist for the end is that it's probably just a bunch of baloney like regardless so okay so that's sort of the history of the building and a different article which you know seemed a little bit (laughs) more balanced um says that paranormal groups have gone in there and reported high levels of activity And people who work at the haunted attraction have reported seeing things as well. But they've seen uh, stuff happen like pictures falling off the walls, um, cameras and flashlights with charged batteries suddenly going dead. Um, One group, I guess, drilled a hole in some wall to like figure out what was in there. And as soon as they put their camera in there, like the camera batteries died. So, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Although, like, yeah. So my question for you, Kenny, was like, that is such a common thing in ghost hunting stuff. Is like everybody's like, oh, I had fully charged batteries, and then like all of a sudden they're dead. It's like, what would be a logical explanation for that? Bullshit. <laughs> that's it. That's that's it. You know what? You you hit it. You hit it right there. It's a common claim, and it's it's you never. Uh, <laughs> you never see them actually take batteries out of the package. The batteries are already in the camera or the recorder, and it's like they get there, it stops working, and they're like, oh, I just put fresh batteries in there. Bullshit. No, you didn't. No, you, no. no. I guarantee that it's been in there because as soon as you were done with it last time, you put it in your little case, and then it <laughs> sat there until the next ghost hunt, and then you brought yeah. it out again. Yeah. <laughs> no, people don't do that all the time where they, they change the batteries out. Uh, I would like to see that. You know, if, if you want to really kind of debunk that or that debunk that rumor or stereotype, then bring brand new batteries with you every investigation and open them up at the investigation and put them in all your equipment. Yeah. Every single time. And then you can avoid <laughs> that stereotype. But until then, no. No. Yeah. Um, and and then you then then you also mentioned because I think I read the same article about the okay. pictures falling off the wall. Yeah. Um, okay. So maybe they should get better anchors. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Honestly, I mean, you got to look at what's the material that they're they're going into the wall for. Is the wall crumbling? If this yeah. is an old place, are they just banging a nail into the wall and hanging a picture? Why are they hanging a picture? in in certain rooms because it looked like from the article i read they called it the yellow room yes uh, which was a sealed up room that they quote unquote rediscovered uh, yes and perhaps after they drilled a hole in the wall which just sends up a red flag because like that's what ghost hunters do they just see something like oh you know there might be a room back there let's just drill a hole (laughs) <laughs> like who does that <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I mean I would at least ask for permission first um, yeah 
<laughs> but yeah, and then that the the camera just died as soon as they put it up to the the hole. I mean, come on, that's that's very Hollywood. That's very yeah, you know, horror movie kind of cliche. Uh, I wouldn't buy into it because again, did you actually charge the battery, or are you just saying that? Did you change yeah. the batteries? Did you hit the power button by mistake? There are so many loopholes that we could right. go through with this. Um, right. Yeah, but, and it's uh, like the only thing that I could think of where that would actually happen is like if it was exceptionally cold and i mean like way below freezing batteries can start to do weird things um like my phone shut off before if i'm trying to use it out in the chicago winter before um and that would be something they would bring up yeah right or if you're like at high altitude i think things can start doing weird things but yeah but this is yeah, neither of those this situations. Is, I, I read it because when you you sent me the list of, of different places we were going to talk yes. about. So I looked them all up so I could yeah. familiarize because some of these, like I, I been to Louisville because that's how you say it. Um, Louisville <laughs> several times um, over the years and I've never heard of the Baxter Avenue morgue. And yeah. the more I read about it, the more I realized like this is a haunted attraction. Um, I don't think yes. this really has a genuine history to it. Um, yes, which is why I stuck with it, even though I sort of right. looked into it thinking like, because it, su- it was suggested as one where somebody, you know, sorry, Doc, um, oh, <laughs> said Hate like, mail. oh, this is, <laughs> this is, you know, a legitimate haunted place and people are having w- really weird experiences. And it was like the second that I saw those conflicted histories for the building right. and realized that that was the story that they told at the haunted house. I just thought. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's happening here. I and don't think is, anything's that, happening. <laughs> that's a common occurrence, too, uh, where, where you have a history. I mean, this is an extreme case because mm-hmm. it is a haunted attraction. But if you start getting other groups coming in with their own version of history uh, that they're bringing because they don't do proper research, they, they start spreading it because they, they'll post it on their website. Oh, this history, you know, this person died here. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've come across where the story is this specific person died in this specific way at this specific location. (laughs) And then you do your research and you find out either the person didn't exist or they did, but they didn't die that way. And, or the specific location where they allegedly died didn't exist at the time. Yeah. Uh, I've come across (laughs) that so many times and I could easily see how the popularity of the haunted attraction and the backstory, especially if it's a good detailed backstory, yeah. yes, that would definitely come across as history to the amateur researcher, the amateur ghost hunter that doesn't really and, and this is definitely a stereotype, but they don't they don't do their shit. You know, they don't yeah. they really don't do the work that they need to. So <laughs> they could confuse that. And I can see how that I mean, it, it's good. It's kudos to you because you start looking at it and said, wait a minute, uh, there's something wrong yeah. here. You yeah. Know? Well, it's like all I had to do is read more than, you know, one article to start to get conflicting <laughs> well, see, stories. You, which, you just gee, did twice like, as much work. <laughs> there's definitely no examples of that, like anywhere else. <laughs> right. Cough right. anti-vaccine people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so um, moving on. That's all I have to say about Baxter Avenue Morgue. I'm sorry to disappoint the fans, but probably most of the stories are from this this fake story that was created for 
the haunted house. Womp All right, Paige. Let's get to Zach Baggins' extravaganza time. (laughs) All right. So this is our last location. Uh, The second one that I did is the Graveyard of the Pacific in Astoria, Oregon. Um, And this one was suggested by, and I'm so sorry if I don't pronounce this correctly, uh, Gordiana Angelina on Twitter. Um, And basically... I I ended up finding out there was just like way too much to dig into with this area. So I kind of just picked one, um, one small haunted area of the larger haunted area. Um, But the, the graveyard of the Pacific is loosely defined as a stretch of the Pacific Northwest coast. And it runs from Tillamook Bay to Cape Scott. Um, it's known as the graveyard of the Pacific because it's got some pretty unpredictable weather conditions uh, and it's got some dangerous coastal characteristics. So there've been a lot of shipwrecks. Uh, It says it's caused more than 2000 ships to wreck resulting in over 700 lives lost in that area since about the 18th century. So this whole area is thought to be haunted. um, And there's so much to cover here that the ghost adventures took four episodes to cover it all. So I decided that I was just going to cover, like I said, one small section. And so I am doing uh, for this episode, the old Portland underground, which is basically just underground tunnels. (laughs) And um, this is, I know you're shocked, also considered one of the most haunted places (laughs) in America. (laughs) Um, original. I, I want to recount. <laughs> yeah, we want to know what the most haunted place in America actually is, and then we'll come back and do this again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> originally, the tunnels were built or were there and used um, for businesses such as bars and restaurants to acquire their supplies that would come in from the water in the area. Um, and they were typically connected to the basements of different buildings in that area. Um, however, like all good things, they ended up being used for bad things. Um, and (laughs) so the tunnels ended up being used to kidnap and transport bodies. Um, so basically captains of ships would go to like a bar, go to a restaurant and kind of pick somebody that they wanted to, um, have come on their ship and work for them and they would then like get them drunk or drug definitely them. like a solid way to find employees <laughs> right <laughs> at the bar <laughs> yes that you've forcefully <laughs> made them work right. for you um <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's a recipe for success right away <laughs> Um, also, this is the one that I said I watched the Ghost Adventures episode for. And can I just say that the reenactment portion is <laughs> so good? It is so dramatic and so good. Um, <laughs> is anything on that show not dramatic, though? <laughs> well, fair. <laughs> um, and so they would basically, like I said, they would drug these people and they would like lead them over to a trap door and then open said door. And boom, now you're in the tunnels. And that's like legit that people were doing that. 
it's pretty elaborate. <laughs> every I know everywhere that I read, yes, it seemed that way. And even in this nice dramatic reenactment that Zach Bagans put on for us, uh-huh. uh, yes, they also talk about the the trap doors and like they show oh. um, and some of the the bars that are like still running, but they you know they're under different names now. Uh-huh. Um, they have like specific areas where they've basically just like tiled over what like used to be the trap doors so it's like the rest of the floor is like i don't know wood or some different color and then there's like a tiled off area where those doors used to be okay um so yeah then they had and they and they showed this in the episode as well but they had these like holding cells and everything in the tunnels while people were down there they were you know dehydrated um oftentimes they were like forced to overdose because they were given too many drugs from trying to kidnap them. Um, they were mis- obviously very mistreated. And so they, a lot of people died in the tunnels. Um, how, this is how we now get to what we think are haunted tunnels. Oh, um, boy. Oh, boy. So... <laughs> There are supposedly several entities that exist in the tunnels, um, and they're all thought to be spirits of people who died there. One of the most popular ones, and ones that show the one that shows up in like every story that I had read, um, as well as Ghost Adventures, is uh, a woman or a spirit named Nina, uh, who used to be a prostitute in there. I thought it was Nina too, but no, it's Nina. <laughs> That's what they said on Ghost It's Adventures. Nina, damn it. <laughs> and I also looked up... Uh, <laughs> um, I also looked up the pronunciation, and they also said Nina. So Nina or Nina, I would have thought it was Nina. Yeah. Personally. Well, that's why I questioned it. Because right. I was like, Paige, <laughs> Nina. If you look down in my notes somewhere, I specifically put nine uh, because I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> so okay. nine or Nina, um, okay. who used to be a prostitute in the area. Of and Right. And so then she gets drugged and pushed down an elevator shaft uh, at what used to be the Merchant's Hotel and is now called Haunt's Old Town Pizza. Um, she shows up, and like I said, a lot of these like haunting stories. People claim that they can smell her perfume um, and that she supposedly moves furniture in the early morning. Now, it doesn't state whether or not people are seeing her move furniture or whether they just think they hear her moving furniture. Um, and as far as being able to smell her perfume... I mean, how do you even know what her perfume smells like? Is my That's question. what I wanted to know. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you know what she smells like? Right. <laughs> That's a question for husbands everywhere. How do you know what the prostitute's perfume <laughs> smells <laughs> like? <laughs> uh, boy. Change the subject. Change the subject. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... There is a story about an employee who, and this is another one of those, she was all by herself, but she says that she um, is in the kitchen closing up and she's finishing up the work chores. And um, I think I said she, but I really didn't mean she. I meant he. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's what I thought you meant. I couldn't read my own words. Um, And he heard the soft tapping of footsteps coming toward him. He looked up and claims to see a female form dressed in a long black dress walking towards him. Um, This, when this female entity who apparently we just know is Nina or Nina uh, sees him looking at her. She stops and looks at him before going down the basement steps toward the blocked off tunnel. Once again, how do we know, even if this happened, which like probably it didn't, but even if it did, like, how do we know that this is Nina? We don't. We don't. And (laughs) when she went down the basement, like, did he follow her? Right. (laughs) Like, like is this this blocked off area the only thing in the basement? (laughs) I mean, maybe she needed a mop or something. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably like just one of his co-workers. Just like, why are you staring at me, man? I'm just trying to go get something. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cleanup in aisle three. What the hell? Uh, So... So all of this, I was like, I need to find something more. So this is what forced me into watching (laughs) Ghost Adventures episode. Um, And well, really what it was is that I was reading a little bit about this on hauntedhouses.com. And I thought it was (laughs) really, yeah, but I, I thought it was really funny that they had a section labeled hard evidence and their hard evidence was the evidence that Zach found. So I was like, I need to watch this. Um, So I I did. Here's something that I know. If the ghost hunters crew is faking things like the ghost adventures crew is definitely faking things. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Like Like, of the two, I would rate ghost hunters as more reliable. But now I don't know anything. This has really thrown my entire... Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally thrown off by this information. I'm never going to get over it. The thing is, though, is like they never actually find anything in the Ghost Adventures episodes that like would be worth faking. It's oh, like, oh, okay. oh, no, that the wind blew that lampshade. Right. I don't know. It's just like it's shit that like <laughs> you don't have to fake. It's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, that was rude, but true. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so I watched this episode and I, I only noted a couple of things that they got like super duper excited about. Um, so the first thing that, that ha- one of the first things that happens in the episode is that Zach meets with a paranormal investigator in the episode or in the area, um, who says that he's been there. And that while they were there, a brick was thrown at them while they were doing some like archaeological dig. Um, and like the whole group apparently saw this and like it happened to all of them. Um, and I just, I don't know. I'm like, maybe someone was just throwing bricks at you. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> this is like the guy in everybody's friend group that like nobody really likes, but he's sort of just around. <laughs> <laughs> and like <laughs> oh no that was me <laughs> and somebody <laughs> somebody was like this is our chance to just throw a brick at him <laughs> and then everyone was like what brick what are you talking about 
That's my theory. That's my official theory for this event. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts about that, but that was really the only thing that like, if that actually happened, I wouldn't necessarily know how to explain that. So what were they all outside in this brick? What happened again? I'm sorry. They're all doing some like archaeological dig in the tunnels and a bro- brick is thrown okay. at them. Okay. So they're in tunnels. They're in an enclosed area. They're digging. They're pretending to be archaeologists. <laughs> and be real archaeologists. <laughs> well, maybe maybe one guy, maybe or, or maybe somebody there is an archaeologist. Yeah. But certainly not, you know, his crew. Um so yeah, it's definitely plausible that um somebody through a brick uh because <laughs> i mean obviously somebody threw a brick <laughs> but yeah. i mean do we see that do we get to see that at all oh no of course not okay we just talk right. this is just hearsay i think right, right? okay so yeah. i'll i'll edit my statement and say maybe somebody <laughs> threw a brick because it, it's obviously is not obvious uh but yeah yeah i mean I, you have all these people uh you have the crew i mean zach's crew and then you also have the camera guy, the mic guy, um, and anyone else, you know, that may be doing lighting or something like that. So you have all these people there. Yeah. I mean, you, without any evidence, I mean, this is just an anecdote. That That's it. It's just yeah. a, a story. So we can't really go off of anything unless we were actually there. But, I mean, do I think they could have faked it? Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. But there's no evidence. Yeah, Paige. Was the when they were showing the tunnels? Like, were this was the ceiling brick? Yeah, I mean, the whole area was was brick. Like, something could have just fallen. But like the way they describe it is that it came like from like across the room, not like from above. But you well, know, really sure, knows? that's I mean, what brick- you say. But it's like you're like I talked about before. People's recall is like not great, so. Right. It's possible that maybe there was just a brick that was ready to dislodge itself from the ceiling and it just happened to hit this guy. <laughs> Did it hit somebody? No. Okay. Oh, I thought it hit him. Uh, no, no, it just goes like by them and they <laughs> just like, freak out. <laughs> but uh, we also have to look at the terminology that's being used um, because, I mean, it, when you say, when somebody comes out and says, oh, we were in this tunnel, it was dark and it's haunted and stuff. And then all of a sudden we had this brick thrown at us. Um, you have to look at the inflection, how they say it, because, you know, was it actually a brick or was it just a piece of rock? You know, that, that, <laughs> like a small piece of rock that some, because I mean, really, I mean, when you think of a brick being thrown, because that's, if that's what they said, then you're thinking like a full, like red brick, right. <laughs> like a big, that would potentially cave in your skull if it it made contact so yeah like that's a pretty aggressive thing (laughs) right but you can you in some in a closed area like that if it were in a tunnel i mean you're enclosed you're you're surrounded by all sides and it's really easy to pick up a small stone that's you know maybe like uh i don't know like two inches across and toss it and when it hits the wall on the opposite side it's going to sound loud you know, and if you're yeah. actually not looking at it, you don't know what's thrown. Right. You're just going to look at wherever the sound was and say, oh, and, and if there's a couple bricks on the on the uh, on the ground there, you're going to say, oh, well, you know, somebody threw a brick at us because 
that's what they do. <laughs> you know, they, they, instead of having evidence, you know, that they're out there looking for evidence, yet they never get it. And yeah. people still watch. I don't get it. I don't understand. But, you know, that's just, just me. I can't help it, okay? <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. I know it's stupid, but I can't help it. It's a car wreck. That's what it is. It's a car wreck. You can't, can't stop can't looking at it. Look away. <laughs> okay, so then the one of the things that this hauntedhouses.com points to as hard evidence is when Zach brings out the SB7 spirit box. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, we talked about this in our second episode, but for those of you who don't remember, um, this is that modified radio that sweeps the um, AM, FM frequencies at a rapid speed. And then they like claim that it's going too fast for entire words to be played from any single station. But like we all know better. Um, That's the dumbest thing they've <laughs> ever come up with. I love that sigh. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Not I this again. hate the spirit box so much. <laughs> well, this is the hard evidence we get, so get excited. Oh, Lord. Get excited. Like, basically, if there's any... Here's the thing. If there's any new ghost show, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this new ghost show, I have like a couple... Um, just like oh no no's <laughs> for watching them anymore, and like one of them is the spirit box. Like if they pull that thing out, no, like we're not we're not moving forward with this. And then another oh no no is if they start seeing orbs because like nope, this is bullshit. <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> okay. What did the spirit uh, box say, Paige? The spirit box says a lot of things. According to them, to me, they said nothing. It said nothing. But <laughs> um, they start talking to Nina, and they hear a couple of different things. Where are you? Um, he's mine. He fell, and of course, they come up with some like story to connect all of these things that of she course. is saying. Um, they talked to a man, which I didn't write any of that down because I it was like I didn't really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy doesn't matter. Um, but I specifically, <laughs> specifically, uh, the part that was considered the hard evidence is when Nina says. Or they say she says, let's get naked. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I guess they're pointing <laughs> to this as hard evidence because she was a prostitute. I don't really know why else they would. But it it sounds more like... <laughs> like <laughs> we, like, fully know from talking to Max and Cassie and their extensive knowledge of ghost adventures that, like, Zach Bagans has a history of wanting to have sex with a ghost. Yes. So... <laughs> Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Slash like encouraging that. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that this is what he heard. <laughs> so, so at one point, and I wish I would have written it down now, but at one point he's like standing in this doorway and behind him is a bed. And they claim that that's like that they used to use that bed um, when they like when they were keeping like prostitutes in the tunnels. 
And <laughs> what I kind of tunnels are these? <laughs> oh. Full service. <laughs> um, and the man, whoever this man is, which, like I said, I didn't write a whole lot down about him, but or anything down about him, he says something to. He's. They say he says something that for some reason, like they freak out and they're like, oh my God, Zach, they were talking to you. You were standing right in front of the bed. And then Zach is all like, oh, well, too bad it was the man ghost, not the oh woman ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> so, that made me feel pretty icky. <laughs> yeah, he... <sighs> He's a nightmare. Um, but anyways, back to <laughs> back to uh, some of this hard evidence. The only other thing, <laughs> the only other thing that was that was, um, I guess, considered evidence f- for this place being haunted, is that um, they used the thermal imaging camera, and they set it down. And like right around, and I don't know any of their names except for Zach's. Like I don't know any of the rest of their names. Uh, Aaron. Is yeah, it's, I don't think it's Aaron. Nick. <laughs> Daryl. Oh, my older brother Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I think who this Nick guy is. Was the original one of the original Nick three? Groff. Yeah. Yeah, but then he yeah. left because okay, they yeah. got mad. I guess I don't know. There's two other guys now. This is like there. season six too, so it's pretty early. Yeah, so it's yeah, so that'd be Aaron, Nick, and Zach for sure. Okay, so I think it was Nick because I think I know okay. what Aaron looks like. Um, but so he gets some like weird, disturbing feeling, and then like I don't remember weird, disturbing feeling at the same time, of course, or they say it's at the same time that. Uh, Zach is watching the thermal imaging camera and he sees a like pinkish figure, purplish figure um, walk across a like across like a door, like an opening, an archway really. Um, And he just like (laughs) totally freaks out about it and, you know, goes and shows everybody. And he's like, look earlier when, uh, Nick or whoever was walking past the camera. It was showing a heat signature, but this is a cold signature, so it must be a ghost. <laughs> um, uh huh. So, yeah. So that's the other. It's literally <laughs> just a draft, <laughs> right? It's just chilly in there. Someone opened a window or turned on a fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a tunnel, so maybe not that. But well, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I can like fully see that there'd be some sort of like air currents or whatever of cool air moving around under there. So. Well, with thermal cameras, they don't they 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 won't pick up air currents. Uh, they won't they oh. won't see that because they need they need to see they're actually picking up the heat that's radiated off of uh, solid objects. Okay, so they oh, need we, to we see talked something. about that. It has um, to it has to be something with mass. So that's we talked that's about this right. last time. Like it wouldn't even make sense that it could be a ghost because like that would suge- I mean that would suggest that everybody who thinks ghosts are like right. massless. Yeah, massless like aren't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are wrong. But I mean, it, even even with that, uh, when you're talking about thermal cameras and, and looking at it, you have to actually being able to play with one gives you a lot of insight on how they work because there, it's not just that 
um, you're looking at the same color temperatures the entire time. So whenever you're looking at that screen and you see the different colors, yeah, they represent different temperatures and there should be a temperature scale on the side. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. And when you don't see the color scale on the side, that's a big red flag to me because they're hiding it uh, because they don't want you to see like, cause sometimes oh. that scale can change from like a difference between like 50 degrees or five degrees, oh. which is big. That's a big deal because you could have like that white hot. And then you have this something, something that's blue or, or very dark. And you're thinking like, Oh shit, you know, that's like a really hot thing next to a really cold thing. And when you look at the scale, it could only be a difference of like two degrees. Okay. It really depends on the scale. And some of them self-adjust. So every time you move that to a different location, it looks at one spot and it calibrates to that spot. And then it changes the color scale. So two two things at the same temperature could look different based off of the environment that it's in. Yes. You could have something that's only like a one or two degrees difference and they will have different colors. Wow. <laughs> and that's a big deal. And if you move... If, if they picked up the uh, thermal camera and moved it around and then brought it back and set it up, it's not going to be calibrated the same way it was the first yeah. time. Yeah. Well, and they're like swinging these things all over and like, yeah. So <laughs> it's not like they're looking at the scale. They have a range too. So it's not like, you know, they're, they're seeing everything. Like if you have a visible light camera, um, which is a regular camera, and then you have plenty of daylight. It's not like you're seeing forever. The thermal camera has limitations, so it's not seeing everything that's like way down a hallway. You know, it might everything Mm -hmm. you could actually be standing way down a hallway and you won't come up as like this white hot spot because you'll start blending in. Hmm. Uh, So there's a lot. I mean, it's 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 not a great tool for ghost hunting at all. I mean, it's cool to look at. It makes great TV, (laughs) but. You know, I mean, for shit like any that. Any of them great tools for ghost hunting. <laughs> oh no, no, no! They are all horrible, horrible. We could do a Here's, whole episode just on that. Yeah, well, we've done two of them. Oh in yes, the past you have. Because yeah, yeah it's uh, here's what we've learned: is that it's just people using tools in ways that they were not meant to be used. Or they're just broken things, like the spirit box, which I hate. (laughs) Hate them, too. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I mean, the thermal camera, I've seen that dozens of times. I've had a chance to play with uh, a few different models. And it's just, it's, when you start playing with it, you get a better understanding. You're like, oh, my God. Like, I, if I turn this thing, like, two inches to the left, it recalibrates and changes the colors. Huh. Huh. And I'm like, wow, okay, so this thing that used to be like bright red or like yellow or white, because I think usually white's the hottest, if I turn it a little bit, a couple degrees to the left or right, it changes the color, and it's not as hot, because it changes the color scale, which means, yeah, like you can go from like, I don't know, 100 degrees down to maybe 50 degrees, and then you turn the camera a little bit, and it readjusts, and now your scale is from maybe 70 degrees to 60 degrees. Hmm. But it's using all the same kind of colors. So just yeah. because something's red doesn't mean it's burning hot. <laughs> it's just at the top of the scale. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. 
There you go. Well, guys, basically all we've done here is once again told you four stories that aren't really anything but (laughs) stories. Nothing's haunted. Now but it we was know. fun. It but was it was fun so fun. <laughs> yeah. That's what I... Well, like I said, you do a way better job of being diplomatic because I go into it thinking like, all right, I'm ready to see some ghosts. Like, convince me. And then inevitably I just get annoyed and then very snarky about it (laughs) see i i go in the same way it's just i usually take much longer before i'm snarky yeah (laughs) that's all that's all. it's an acquired skill (laughs) unless i've had a lot to drink and then i'm snarky right at the beginning (laughs) you got demons show me motherfucker (laughs) bring them out (laughs) oh my gosh yeah um well so that is so you i guess other than your sort of spooky experience in your um museum the other day have you like had any other experiences that i guess you would say were paranormal or that you can't explain like as you've been going to these different places or has everything pretty much been whatever well, <laughs> there's there's always going to be experiences and there has been experiences where i could not explain what happened and mm-hmm. i don't attribute that to paranormal i i put that under the category of i don't know because yeah. that's exactly what it is i don't know i don't have enough information to to make a conclusion so i usually make my best guess based on what i know already and then i file it away <laughs> and if new information comes up i i start applying it like oh okay I, I was in that situation. Maybe it was this. Let me go back there. The next time I go back, I'm going to try this. You know, stuff like that. But I don't label anything paranormal because for me, my philosophy is that if you don't know what the cause of something is, but you call it paranormal, you are making up a conclusion. Yeah. Because you, you literally are making it up because you don't have the evidence to back it up. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, I don't know. So therefore it's a ghost. No, yeah. that, that's not how this works. Um, so yeah, I leave it at, I don't know. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. Paige, we gotta, we gotta go on some ghost tours. <laughs> yes. Yes. We also need to get our hands on some, uh, I don't want to say legitimate because that's probably not the right word to use, but some uh, seemingly legitimate ghost hunting equipment. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Although that reminds me, we totally forgot to run Spirit Story Box while we were doing this episode. Oh, shoot. It's well. all right. It wouldn't have said anything because I'm here. <laughs> it would have just said your name over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yep. I hate, be... I hate Kenny. I hate Kenny. That would be fucking terrifying. <laughs> like if it just repeatedly started spitting out the same name over and over again. <laughs> That would be impressive. That would actually be impressive. Like, all right. Damn. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess before we officially wrap up, um, Kenny, are there any podcasts or shows or if people want to hear more from you, where can they do that? 
They can find me. Uh, I'm mostly on Facebook. I have a blog on Facebook called I am Kenny Biddle uh, because, you know, I want you to know who who you're dealing with. So that's why I <laughs> named it after me. Um, I do a podcast, actually a video cast uh, every Friday night called The Skeptical Help Bar. It's a live two hour show where you can ask questions related to the paranormal. We all drink. Um, there's a lot of people that come in. We all drink together. Um, and I occasionally have people on the show. I had Ben Rafford on a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we, we just talk about paranormal subjects and give skeptical opinions. Uh, on Saturdays, Saturday nights at 8 o'clock, I do a show called Three Tortured Souls with uh, two friends of mine, Dave Schumacher and Tim Vickers. And we basically pick a topic. Uh, we take turns picking a topic about some kind of paranormal thing, and we get in depth. We really get in depth with it um, and, and talk about all the details and pros and cons and how to improve things and, and this and that. So that's a fun show. And then I also write for Skeptical Inquirer magazine. I have a column called A Closer Look, and I put out an article, I don't know, every couple of weeks, uh, depending on how long it takes me to investigate something. And I have probably like 40, 45 articles uh, online right now from them. And, uh, that's it for now. I mean, I don't have any events scheduled because, you know, COVID just fucked this year. <laughs> so everything's yes. canceled. Nothing to do. Um, but you know, I'm always, I, I love doing this stuff. So I'm always willing to come out and, and do things. I, I, what's really fun is I get invited to psychic fairs and, and stuff, which is, oh my you, you would think they would not want me to go, but <laughs> I get invited to come out and. It's fun. They engage. We have conversation. Um, there's hardly any hate going on. Yeah, uh, you know, that's people great. Yeah, so it's fun. So that's <laughs> it. That's it for me. Okay. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Kenny. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> it was it was great. I I laughed so much tonight. So it, <laughs> I had a great time. I will I will definitely come back anytime that you uh, want me to. Um, for either a whole show, if you just want me to pop on and, and give my opinion quickly and, you know, make fun of somebody. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, we are, we have, we got suggested for sure more locations. So we, awesome. we definitely want to do this again. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up then, right? Yep. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 12 on hauntings. Tune in next time for our discussion on one of our favorite topics, Halloween. We will be talking about different Halloween superstitions and traditions. If you like our show, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky SciPod, Facebook at Spooky Science Sisters, and at our website, SpookySciencesisters.com. If you have any questions about previous topics, ideas for future episodes, or any spooky stories you'd like us to share, email us at SpookySciencesisters at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening and stay spooky. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. 
On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? <coughs> or just a horrible accident? <coughs> That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.